Thanks to Sana Skin Studio for supporting the No podcast. Sana is a skin studio that is shifting the relationship with your skin and your products through goal-driven facials, real guidance, and clean skincare. Stay tuned for our promo code so you can receive $25 off of your first facial at Sana Skin Studio. Welcome to the No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What is up, my loves? You are listening to The Know with me, Nikki Spo. I woke up really excited this morning because I get to interview Divya Gugnani, who is the co-founder and CEO of Wander Beauty. So I had the pleasure of moderating the Herds Beauty for Breakfast panel several months ago, which included Divya. And it didn't take me long to become a mega fangirl, okay? Divya is impressive, but she's also mega down to earth, relatable, and super fun. So Divya is a Harvard business grad who left her career in investment banking and private equity to build a popular online fashion destination, which she sold to QVC in 2012. Um, major. She then co-founded Wander Beauty, which is actually a makeup brand that I use, but like most impressive in my opinion is that she uses her success to help other female founders of color. She's a fellow mama and the type of woman who makes everyone around her feel like the possibilities are limitless and that they can reach their goals. I'm here for it. So let's get started with Divya Gugnani. Divya Gugnani, I like what a dream. What a dream. I'm so happy to have you on the know where we are like telling the stories of women who are finding and celebrating their deepest inner knowing and where we are inspiring other women to live lives of radical authenticity. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And bienvenidos a Miami también. You're a transplant, right? You moved here. Am, and I'm so happy to be here. And by the way, I'm a fan of the podcast. And I've listened to episodes and I love Thank it. You. So everyone needs to listen to, especially the one, uh, the episode, there was a two part series on what was it like your inner mom mother wound. or yeah. Discovering the inner mother. mother, wound. mother wound. Oh my God. That was like, that's a must listen for Thank everybody. You. So you moved to Miami, who, what, when, where, why, and how, like, how do you like living here? Oh, like, tell me about your transition to what we call in Miami, like the dirty South. You know, what's so amazing is that everybody has a happy place. Miami was always my happy place. I have no family here. I had no ties here, but I would I was born in Springfield, Illinois, grew up in New York, lived in New York my whole life. You know, went to Cornell undergrad, went up state for a little while, went to did my masters at Harvard, was in Boston for a little while, lived in California for a little while. The reality is I kept coming back to New York. And I love New York, don't get me wrong, but it's hustle, it's bustle, it's 7 days a week, social commitments and working and no me time, and no healthy living. And every single time I would come to Miami, I would just, the stress of Manhattan used to melt off my body. I don't know how to explain it. Like the plane would land, I would set foot in Miami International Airport, and all of a sudden I would be a re- refreshed, renewed. It's the humidity, day. by the way. You're melting because of the it, humidity. It's just like, and I love the humidity, and I love the weather, and I love warm weather. And I would bring my kids down here all the time. And I bought a place down here years ago. And we'd come and visit every so often. And honestly, the apartment stayed empty most of the time. But every trip I took here, I felt happy. So I went through a big life change about a year and a half ago. I separated from my 
husband who I was with for, you know, 13 years. And um, I just wanted to like start fresh and start new. And I moved down here and it's the best thing I ever did. My kids are super happy. I live in Brickell. I've met so many amazing women like you. I've made friends. People are so friendly and warm. I'm working. I'm thriving. I'm playing tennis. I'm you know, spending time in the beach and on the boat. And it's just such a different life. And I feel like I'm living life with intention and with balance. Like I never do. I love to hear that Divya, because you know, like I'm, you know, I'm born and raised here. And so I've met my fair share of people who've like moved to Miami and people, I often meet people and they're like, oh, you're actually from Miami because it's such like a melting pot. Like it's a transient city, you know, in a lot of ways. And I'm like, yeah. So I've heard all of it. I've heard like how much people like have a really hard time transitioning to like the culture shock that is Miami and makes our city so beautiful. And I've heard of like this, the stories like yours, like people just love it and where they feel like they're finally at home. Right. Um, yeah, this is I love, I love to hear that. And, um, I think it's easy for Miamians to, to get tired of our city sometimes, or like, you know, you just get, like used to it, you know, you're just used to it. And it's like, sometimes I don't want to say that like the magic is lost, but it's really awesome to hear like an outsider's take on how awesome Miami makes them feel and how magical it really is. And it's a great reminder because, you know, even Divya, when I moved away to LA and I came back, I re-saw that, like, I got to see the magic again through like a different lens and, and it, did a lot for me. And it's, it's, it takes a lot of intention. I think like when you're in the everyday, like how you feel about Manhattan, right? Like, I'm sure if you go back, you're like, okay, I can see, I can see the magical parts of it. It's hard to do that sometimes when you're like living in this city and you've been here forever. Like that's how, that's how I feel sometimes. I love talking to people like you who are like, remind me of all the beauty that our city is. It's so incredible. Like I lived in the same apartment building in New York for over a decade. And when you get in the elevator, people look away and when you walk in the building, people look away. And in Miami, I live in my building and everyone makes eye contact. And that's what the beauty of personal connection is. People are warm. People are friendly. People want to get to know you. And what's so fascinating is, yes, there's a lot of transient people here who are in and out and here for taxes and live halfway here and halfway there. I'm here to stay. I came here on a one-way ticket on June. Like I moved here in May. I brought my daughter down here on June 23rd. I have not been back to New York. It's been almost a year and I have not been even once because I'm here to build roots and to build community and to be here, not to be trans. I love that. And I'm so happy that you're here. Like, I'm seriously so happy that you're here and that I got to connect with you and just have these important conversations with you. So I want to share like a little story. Um, The first time we met was when I moderated that panel for the Herds Beauty for Breakfast event at Soho House. And you were on the panel and we were discussing like all things beauty and tech. Fast forward, you invited me to be on like a group chat of women. Like pause for a second. Like anyone who knows me knows I loathe group chats. Like there's nothing I dislike more than a group chat. Me too, by the way. You do? Me too. I'm the same way. I actually do it. And I'm silent on group chats. And I, I mute them 
I never respond to anything. Don't take it personally. I don't wish everyone happy birthday on the group chat. I get so overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't know. My phone is pinging way too much. I silence them too. And I'm like, I call, like I, I'm like a cat about it. I'm a cat. I'm like, I'll just come on over here. Like when I, I love these women and I love getting them together for dinner sometimes. So I just do it. You're so good That's at it though. Thing. Okay. So like, also like, I don't know that you would pick up on this, like when we hung out, but like I have social anxiety. Okay. Like I have social anxiety chatting with people that I don't know. And especially like being in large groups of people, I don't know. Okay. Well, you scheduled a ladies night dinner and like pushing through all of my fears. I said I would go like, this is stuff like, how could you know this? Right. So BTS, like behind the scenes, I'm legit sweating, like driving to this dinner at Dirty French that, that we went to. I'm like, I know you there. I don't know. There must've been like what, eight women. And I only knew you not even that well. And like the other woman who I had become like casually acquainted with. Um, so I'm there like walking in and, and I'm nervous. I don't know anybody. And I wound up sitting next to another wonderful woman. And like, this has not been my experience. Like I, I felt instantly welcomed by this woman, this group of women that you had curated. Okay. And I think that's you, like you are a great connector. Like that's, everybody was there. And I remember them asking me like, okay, well, how do you know Divya? How do you know Divya? How do you know Divya? I'm like, I kind of don't, but I'm here and I want to know her. Like, I really want to know her. And, and it was amazing. And I will tell you something though, Divya, like I, okay, as I'm getting to know the women in the group, everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, when I was at Harvard Business School, when I was at what Columbia, when I was at this, and I'm thinking like, I, okay, <laughs> I, Literally, this was a thought in my head, and I think it's important to share. I was like, I'm definitely the dumbest one here. I was like, no, not and you are super razor smart, and the work you're doing with your podcast is incredible. Thank you. Don't don't underestimate your achievements and what you've accomplished and who you are. Thank you. You're an incredibly passionate, warm, wonderful human being that everyone needs to know, which is why you were invited to dinner. <laughs> okay. Thank you. But I, I want to bring this up because I think that like other people have felt this, right? Like you're in a room full of people who like are Ivy Leaguers and you're like, what am I doing here? Like why, like what, what, what am I doing here? And so I called, I called up my best friend who's the mother of, um, who's the godmother of my, of my two kids. And she went to UM law and like now she works, like she works for Spotify and you know, she, she's like with people who are like Harvard law, Columbia law, like all these Ivy league law schools. And she's like, honestly, like when you are, if you're surrounded by all these people who are doing big things and have all the, like you're doing something right. And so I don't like to, I'm not trying to say like, Oh yeah, I'm super special because I had a seat at your table. But the point is, is like you created a seat at the table for me and even like, even more so you're doing that in your life, Divya, like you're doing that in your life. You're creating seats at the table. So that's where like this whole, my whole story comes like to the point is that like, I felt like you created a seat at the table for me in like this group of women that I'm like, what do I have in common with them? It turns out I had a lot more in common than I realized, you know? If you're the smartest woman in the room, you're in the wrong Okay. Room. There you go. Well, I was surrounded by incredibly smart women who were doing major things in their field. And I felt, I left that dinner and I felt so inspired. I was like, oh my gosh, this makes me feel good. I feel so good. But Divya, you're doing this in your life. So like one of the things that you're really passionate about is creating a seat at the table for women in the professional world, but more specifically women of color. And this is major. 
When you think about a seat at the table, what does that mean to you? You know, it's so interesting. It's opportunities. It's being in rooms and mentioning women in rooms where there are opportunities. And when I worked at Goldman Sachs and I was an analyst 20 plus years ago in an investment bank, I was a woman of color. There were few and far between. And there was one woman in my entire group. And it was like crazy that there was one senior woman. And so if we want to change the narrative of women having bigger opportunities, we have to have women at all levels, at entry level, at mid-level, senior leadership positions. We need to be everywhere. We need to be everywhere so we can, a rising, what is it like, a rising tide pulls all boats. Like we need to be surrounding every industry, technology, banking, beauty, anything and everything, sports, entertainment. Like we need to have a presence. How do we do that? You know, and we all have to, we have to open doors and invite people in. That's how we do it. We create opportunities for everyone and anyone we can. And that's how we build an ecosystem of women funders and women founders. Okay. So this is major because like when you think about the women who get to the top, right? Because so many of these high positions are reserved for men. Like, what do you think about the environment that that creates for women? Like, do you think that women who have like worked so hard to climb to that position have a tendency to like lean more towards like, I have to safeguard this. I have to like keep it. I have to, you know, now it's, it's competitive, right? They say I walked uphill to school both ways without shoes in the snow. Therefore these other women got to pay their dues. I don't believe that. I believe we live in a different world today. The Gen Z and Gen Z millennials prioritize work and life in a totally different way. I admire it. I'm learning. I'm taking a page out of their book. I'm learning how to be better, be more present, work during work hours and be off on family time. And, you know, I grew up in a culture where we worked seven days a week and we were on top of our Blackberry. And that was a thing back in the day. And so I, you know, I am learning. We can all learn from each other. And the truth is there's a new way to work. So Divya, like, I'm curious, was this, was that like work ethic modeled for you and your family of origin? My father came here for his education, for his master's. He loved it here. He had an arranged marriage with my mom. My mom has never had a job. She's never worked. She, you know, was raised my sister and I, and we just, you know, my father worked up into a certain point and then he decided he didn't want to do it anymore. And <clears throat> He's been investing and whatnot. So to be honest with you, I haven't had a role model in my family of a male who's worked hard because to be quite frank, my father worked smart, not hard, and was very bright and was very lucky. And that's just what it is. I mean, amen. Kudos worked. to that, right? Like how fortunate. Good for him. He like makes fun of me. He's like, why do you work so much? Why do you work so much? Because you have to. Because like I am... I don't have, like, I'm, my brain is not a computer. I can't compute seven numbers in my head the way my dad can. Like, he's naturally incredibly gifted, and I see that talent in my son, amen, that he, someone got those genes. Um, but the reality is that I didn't have any role models. I didn't have any women in my family who worked. I didn't have any of that. I actually grew up with the reverse Nikki. I saw my mom be dependent on my father, and every time she wanted something and she needed something, she had to ask him for it. And I never wanted to be that woman. And I was so motivated and so inspired to work on my own, to have my own career, to be self-sufficient, to be independent, 
to be able to own and buy and create things I wanted of my own accord on my own terms. And that's what motivated me. It was the opposite of an immigrant example. Wow. Okay. So were you resentful towards your mom because of this? You were. Yes. I, I wholeheartedly believed it. I felt like she was trapped in a relationship that was not serving her. Um, my parents have been together 50 years. They're like, you know, they have a very challenged, you know, quite to be totally open. They have a very challenged relationship. It has weighed on me heavily my whole life. I think it's been a source of my own challenged relationships to a certain degree. And, um, and I just, you know, what can I do? I can only learn from it. And I, I never, I, I want, I believe in happiness and I believe it's out there. And I am in a, the happiest place in my life that I've ever been in. And it took me so many years to get here and so many mistakes and missteps. And, you know, it's okay. We all have our journey. We can learn a lot from what we've seen happen before us, right? So we can look at our parents and other role models that we've had in our lives, whether they were role models that we wanted or role models by default, meaning like we had no choice, but to, like they were there. Those were the examples that were set for us. And we can learn a lot. I agree with you. I want to, I want women to be empowered to make choices. We should be able to make choices about our body, what we want to do with it. We need to be make choices about our career and our family. And we need to make those choices along partners that are supportive of our journey, just the way we're supportive of their journey. It's a two-way street. It's not a one-way yeah. street. And so, you know, they have to support us. We have to support them. You know, you, when you're in a relationship, the other person's working, they're traveling, you pick up the slack. But when you have to work and you have to travel, they have to learn to pick up the slack. And so, yeah. you know, partnership is everything and having the same values is everything. And that's where you see success in a relationship. I want to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Sana Skin Studio. The best way for me to describe Sana is that it feels like coming home. Unlike traditional facials, Sana's facials are rooted in education, and I love this so much. Every experience I've had at Sana has been a chance to learn more about my skin and its needs. I love that the facials are effective while also being accessible enough to be a monthly ritual rather than a yearly splurge. I'm honored to be able to provide our audience with a promo code. Use the code THENOGLOW for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. What are the ways in which women in these top positions, like we were talking about, we go back to that, like, but really like in any leadership position, like a mentor to yeah. other women, what are some of the best gifts that women can give each other in this sphere? To teach, to learn, and to inspire. I think they have to teach what they know to others can rise and build in their career. They have to learn simultaneously from people around them. Be self-aware. We don't know everything. I'm learning from people around me who have one year experience or two years experience or 20 years of experience. Peer mentorship is underrated. You know, mentorship from people who are junior to you is actually underrated. There's a lot you can learn and, you know, and normalize that. And the reality is, and inspire inspire people. Like you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. You know, what's the biggest thing I've learned? Gratitude. Mm, yeah. When you have gratitude, you are for, forever and content. So my mom, you know, we grew up in a very religiously confused family. My father's one religion. My mom's one religion. She was raised in another religion. Like people always ask me like, what religion are you? And I can't even answer the question. 
So my mom used to read a book to me from, it's called The Religions of Man. And when I was a young child, before going to bed, my mom would read us different religions. She's like, I just want you to grow up to be citizens in the world and to know about religion and to have, be spiritual and to figure out your okay, own Okay. I'm not right? mad at that, Divya. Like- not mad at it. She was, went to Catholic school. She was raised in the convent. She was like very traditional in that way. Her father was Sikh. Her mom was Hindu. Her mom converted. Like it was like, I mean, really, I, you, I cannot make up my story. And she would read to me about Buddhism. And she would say like, the thing about Buddhism is the sevenfold path. And you would learn about being content and being happy with what you have and not having material wants and desires. And that has literally stuck with me since age five, since my mom used to read that book to me when I was in kindergarten. And it's amazing because yes, I'm so happy that I've built two, you know, multiple companies and I've sold two companies and I can buy things and have them and enjoy them. Like there's nothing wrong with enjoying things, but I don't need them. I don't desire them. I am so content with my, the happiness of working and having a family. It is really drives my contentment every day. And I'm grateful for the sunset that I see every day from this living room. Um, it's hard to do that, you know, like, because life gets so busy and so much, and there's just so much happening. So it really takes so much intention because it's not like, I think it's like this great myth that gratitude is so easy, you know, like life is not always easy. Like, can it be easy? Of course. Can we choose to look at it easily? Yes, we can. But those are all choices, right? Like, so when you, sometimes we just need to get out of our own way and allow ourselves and create the space so that we can choose to see things from an attitude of, of gratitude. Sounds so cheesy, but like the attitude of gratitude and have that perspective so that you can be present. Um, because when you're in the rut of life, it is not easy to be like, okay, I'm just going to be grateful for all the, like the chair that I'm sitting on. It's, it's not because you're like, holy shit. Like my life is in up in, up in arms. It takes a lot of intention and awareness to be able to like say and discipline to be like, you know what, this is the route I'm going to take, even though X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, blah, blah is happening in my life. You have helped brands like Tower 28 and Topicals, which are two other beauty brands that I actually use. I use um, Topicals for like dark spots. They have this like really good spot treatment. It's really good. And Tower 28 is just like blowing up, you know, like you help them launch at Sephora. Like how did, that's big time. The founder is just incredibly dynamic, incredibly impressive young, two years out of school Get when I out. backed her. And it's just a very strong CEO. Like it just is strong. Like I see people 20 years in their career who don't have her strength. And she just has strength and conviction and a point of view and her marketing and their social is just so strong and it's just an admirable. And there's something so much, there's so much to learn from it. Amy at Tower 28, you know, is of my um, genre, mother of three, three kids and has had a full career in beauty and is really crushing it. And it's just, you know, changing the narrative around sensitive skin and is just launched a serum, um, which is super exciting. And it's just, it's fascinating to work with other entrepreneurs and to learn from them and to grow with them and to give them advice and help them go through growth challenges. It's really a partnership. It really is. And that's what I do through my fund, Conceptico. And I really enjoy it. I love investing in people and brands and building alongside them. How did you transition into that position? So I've been doing it forever. So that's so fascinating. I'm investing for 22 years. I've invested in 75 companies. 
I that's a lot. Started my, it's crazy. It's I mean, and a lot of them have gone public, which oh is kind of crazy. Like Pinterest went public, Shopify went public, Dollar Shave Club sold for a billion dollars. Like so, it's been a, an amazing journey for me. So, I started my career in investment banking. I worked in private equity. I invested in the late stage businesses. I worked in venture capital. I invested in early stage businesses. Then I took a leap over and became an entrepreneur. And I always invested in businesses because I was trained as an investor and that's what I did. And so whatever personal money I had, I invested it. And then when I started amassing that personal money, I created a fund and then I sold two companies and I put more money into the fund. So I continued to build the ecosystem and vote with my wallet by purchasing brands with intention that reflect my values and my purpose, but also by investing and building companies that reflect my purpose and my values. So, you know, with my fund Concept Co, I've invested in so many companies along the way, and I've seen them grow and build and exceed the heights that I've exceeded as an entrepreneur, which is so fascinating. Um, and I build my company Wander Beauty at the same time, um, which I'm super passionate about and I love, and it's amazing to see us grow um, and grow domestically and internationally and, and flourish. So um, it's really just, it's an ecosystem. I invest, I build, I build my own brand. We all help each other and we all create seats at the table for each other. I think we need more people like you in the world who are doing that for other women. No, seriously, because like, I think it's, it's such a competitive world, you know, and it's easy to like, look at other people and say like, I'm just going to go against that. Even if you're doing the same thing, you know, like I, like, it's just so, so competitive. And I, I even think about that, like in terms of my podcast, I'm like, who I had to like reframe my thought process of like, who do I want to be better than, right? Like which podcasts do I want to be better than? And then I had started to think about it as like, we can all be really fucking good. Like we can all be really good because there's enough wealth at the top for all of us women to make a difference and be successful and have an impact. So I love what you're doing with Wander Beauty. I love your products. And by the way, thank you so much for gifting some of the beauty items to my friends, the Miami Heat dancers. So great. Um, what is your star product and why? So Baggage Claim Gold Eye Masks, people love. It's our hero for the brand and um, our hero at retail at Sephora, at Nordstrom, at Neiman, at Blue Mercury, wherever you shop Wander Beauty, wanderbeauty.com. People love the Baggage Claim Gold Eye Masks. It's basically coffee for your face. Like you need to wake up your body, you drink coffee. You need to wake up your face, you put baggage claim gold eye masks on. And I feel so strongly that they just depuff, brighten, hydrate, and make you look alert. And everybody needs that in their life, especially us moms. Um, we need it. And so we really, you know, that does incredibly well for us. Our mascaras do. I, I don't know if you've tried our mascaras, but they're like you know, the upgraded lashes, which has a growth treatment in it <clears throat> and grows your lashes. Um, and also, which I need help in the lash department, um, the Mile High Mascara, which I'm wearing right now, which I love. Um, and then, you know, our, we just recently launched <laughs> Pack Up mm -hmm. and Glow. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Our mineral SPF 40, which is changing the game for SPF. I mean, Why? it protects. We have clinical studies behind how it protects you from UVA, UVB, and blue light. Um, it also reduces moisture loss. And it really, like, locks in moisture into your face. It protects, it primes your face. It's an amazing primer for under makeup, gives you a glowy, radiant, luminous tint. Um, and it really just is a phenomenal product. It, we have proprietary technology 
um, with the titanium dioxide and the zinc dioxide and the coating that we put on it that allows you to have that SPF coverage without having a white cast. Where does the inner glow come from? So this is what's so interesting. I was hyperactive as a child and I really struggled with hyperactivity because I couldn't focus and I was just had so much energy and I was bouncing off the walls. Very hard for my parents to deal with me. Um, And my mom took me to a clinic to learn transcendental meditation in India in the seventh grade. And wait, 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 wait. When you're in seventh grade, you went to India to learn transcendental meditation. Yes, I did. That's incredible. It's well, you know, look at my mom. She like doesn't believe in medicating. She was like, Well, I'm not gonna give you medicine, so we're gonna find another way. And we tried other ways and nothing worked. So we went to India and I learned transcendental meditation. And it has changed my life wholeheartedly. I don't miss a day of my practice. I practice twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. I don't care if I'm on a plane. I don't care if I'm traveling. I see what time it is, 20 minutes each. So I actually, I try not to set my alarm, but because I had to be on this podcast and I had a bunch of meetings in the morning and I had to get up early, I had my kids, and then I had a- Your you know, wardrobe malfunction. Yes, I had my wardrobe malfunction, which happens also. I set my alarm and I did my practice before joining this podcast. I love that. So- um, so it's just how I live my life. I, I can't, I can't live without it. And it gives me inner peace. It gives me inner peace. It gives me inner calm. It helps me face every single day, which is incredibly challenging as a CEO of a growing business, leading a team, growing a team, living in Florida, having a team in New York, you know, really having running an investment fund, being involved as an advisor and on the board of so many different companies. Like I've got my hand in so many things and I have to do them well. And I have to be focused to do to do them well. And I have to allocate my time well. And, and, and transcendental meditation really helps me build that I'm focus. I'm in awe of you. Like, you know, in my first year of sobriety, Divya, I like meditated every single day. Like I, like I had to, I had to, right? Like if you think about like alcohol was my drug of choice, like I had to replace that with something, you know? And so I replaced it with prayer and meditation. But I will say that I've moved away from like meditating regularly and I feel the difference. Like I can feel the difference. And sometimes what happens, and I don't know if this happens for you, but it's like you get an, I'm like, I get annoyed. I'm like, oh, I have to meditate. It's like one of these things. Like, by the way, and I'm like that about everything. I'm like that about taking a shower. I'm like, I don't feel like taking a shower, but I know like I want to be clean and I'm going to feel fantastic if I take a shower. Same way about brushing my teeth. I'm like, I really don't feel like getting off the sofa or like out of my bed. I forgot to brush my teeth. After brush my teeth. Oh my gosh. Right. But then like you do these things, you feel so much better. Like I feel the same way about meditation, like same thing about working out. Right. I'm like, I don't feel like doing it. Once you do it, you're like, you're like high on life. I feel that way about meditation. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then I do it. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I do it. No shit. So definitely something that I personally want to get back into. I think it's really major that you do it 20 minutes twice a day. And I'm going to like, I also like, if people are listening to like, well, I don't have 20 minutes twice a day, like baby steps, like maybe start off with three minutes here and there, you know, like, I think we also, Divian, you can give me your perspective on this too. Like, like the goal isn't to be like, to have all the achievements that Divya Gugnani has right now, right? Like that goal is too big. Like I cannot bite that. Like it's too big right now. You know, like what are the steps before that? Like I need to learn how to like set smaller goals for myself and know that like that these things don't happen overnight. You don't get to a place where you're meditating for 20 minutes twice a day, like overnight, if you don't have any experience meditating, like you start like doing two, three minutes here and there and grow. Two things that I have to say. One is I close my eyes and I look at my life and I imagine it what it is five years from now. Sit down and I write, what do I have to do? And what are the small steps I have to take this month, next month, six months from now, a year from now to get to that five-year goal? 
So bite size, like close the eyes and see what you see and then talk about how you get there. Okay. Then I've all, I'm a swimmer. So like I've been swimming my whole life. I used to swim in New York. I had a pool in my building. I used to swim in the evening. It's the only time when like no phone, no kids, no work. I can think in peace and I love to swim. So when I swim, there are two types of swimmers. So like they're the swimmers who compete, who are like always looking right, always looking left, always looking right, always looking left. I'm not that swimmer. I look straight. I'm trying to beat my personal yes. best. Competing against me. Compete against you. Don't worry about the person on the right. You don't need to see everyone's highlights reel on their Instagram. I think that your life should be like that. You know, you focus on you. What is one of mo- your most effective like beauty tricks that you utilize? Oh my God, this is so funny. So I don't really have eyelashes and like they're really like sparse. So I take our dualist under eye concealer. It has a liquid on one side and a stick on the other side. I put the liquid all over my lashes and then I wait two minutes. I do the rest of my makeup and then I put mascara over it. So what it does is it basically thickens my lashes and longer lashes. It, it like extends the lash and it thickens the lash so much by the volume by three times. So when I put mascara over that concealer covered eyelash, they look huge. And so we talked a little bit about values earlier, you know, and you, you talked about like staying true to your values. How, like, how have they shifted over time? So they have shifted a lot. I think in the early years of my career, my value was like, can I be amazing at my job? Can I be amazing at my career? Can I exceed? Can I excel? Can I build more, grow more? I've always focused on the work and the money has been a byproduct. I've never focused on the money. That's just not who I am. Like, you know that about, but you see that about me. You see that in my behavior and the way I act and the, who I am. It was never about the money. Like, I, I could have money. I could not have money. Like, it's kind of like I enjoy it, but it, it was never who I am. It's always that I was focused on the, the work. Like, do the work, get there, be there, have the achievement. Then what's so interesting is like I had children and it turned my life upside down. It was like an identity crisis. I was like, how do I be good at work and be a good mom? Struggle, struggle, struggle. Then it was like, learn to become, learn interdependence. When we grow Hold up- Hold on. Say that again. What do we need to learn? Learn interdependence. This is the, this is the secret to life. When we, when we are born, we are dependent on formula or breast milk to survive. We are dependent on someone to feed us, whatever they feed us, whatever you're picking poison. Okay. Then we become independent. We become teenagers. We don't want our parents. We want our own phone line. We want to have an allowance. We want to go spend our money. We want to go to the mall. We want to do whatever we want. And then when you grow up, you learn the magic of interdependence. The world revolves around interdependence. At work, I had to be independent. What does that mean and I had to learn for people? Independent. You have to learn to rely on others to do your job and to fulfill your goals, to help you, to support you, to fill in for gaps, for you to fill in for gaps, be interdependent. You have to be there for people when they go on vacation and when they need help and they have family crisis and they need you to lean in and you have to let other people lean in for you when you need the help. Learn to be interdependent at home with your partner, with whatever, if you have an infrastructure family or any help, you got to learn to be interdependent at work, be interdependent, learn interdependence. That's the magic of being good at being good at everything and being a successful career mom. Social media has had the big message is like social media can have a really negative impact on people, especially teenagers, right? And children. But 
how how do you feel about social media as a whole and how can we use it to our advantages as business owners, but also as individuals? So I think as a business owner and as an entrepreneur, it's an amazing tool. It allows you to connect with your customers instantaneously. I want feedback on a product. I can post something on Wander Beauty IG stories. I want feedback on what to create next. I can leverage the the power of community is at your fingertips with social media. Enjoy it, embrace it, use it as an entrepreneur. As an individual and as a mom, it's amazing. Like, I don't, what do I do for summer camp for my kids? I want to go on a vacation in August. Where should I go? Like power of community at your fingertips. Amazing. I struggle with the sharing piece. I am naturally not an incredible sharer of my life. I've learned to become more extroverted over the years. I feel like there's a lot of judgment. I was actually posting something about my kids on Saturday morning that I like leave breakfast for them out and I let them like do their own breakfast because mama needs to sleep in on Saturday morning and can't function. I like, I work all day. I wake up every morning and on Saturday, like I don't want to wake up. I don't want to wake up and give breakfast. I like have a system. My kids help themselves. Like they go in the fridge, they get the milk. Like I leave it in a cup instead of the container, you know, whatever it is. And some mom like wrote me on Instagram saying that, why am I using plastic utensils for my kids? And like, oh my gosh, of the whole thing. And I was like, because I had, it was actually a plate that was like Ikea plastic set that I have that is like plates and cups for my kids. Um, and she's like, why are you not using steel? And why are like, and it was like, why don't you use eco-friendly dishes? And like point noted, but like, there's so much judgment in social media. And so it like shies me away from sharing so much. Cause like, I don't like to be judged constantly. Um, and so it's tricky. Like, and you just have to like, you have to be comfortable in your own skin and have conviction. I do think a lot of children, boys, girls, gender and identified are struggling with putting content out there and getting likes and feeling the sense of validation and not validation. And this idea of like, I can make money as a TikTok star or as an Instagram star, and I don't need to go to college and I don't need to work. And that's a path for people and it works for them. And I'm not denying it, but it doesn't work for everyone. And so I think that there's just so much, my son is like, well, why do I need to go to college? I can just make TikToks. Like he says this to me at age 10. And I was like, a small percentage of the world can do that and be very successful at it and it works out for them. But like that's being not a professional athlete or, you know, like, yes, like work your butt off, like try to be, yes. do creative things, like put together cool videos, yes. but like also pay attention in school right. and make sure that you're like, you know what's going on. 100%. And don't be driven by Same. affirmation yeah. from others. There's too much emphasis in social media of affirmation from others. And I want to treat my kids in a way where they realize they are yeah. enough. Yeah. enough. You are who you are. Be who you are. Be authentically yourself. Put out things that you feel reflect you. Don't worry about what's going to get more likes. Don't worry about what's more popular. Be you, do you, and put affirmation aside. What is some of the best business advice that you have ever received? Just do it. Literally, like it's the best business advice. We think about so many things as women, we weigh the pros and the cons and we don't want to fail. We don't take risks. Like, just do it. What's the worst thing that happens? You learn. Like, just do it. What's the worst thing that happens? Like, it doesn't work out. So, so what? You, you learn something new. Thank you for, for believing in me enough to like be a guest on my show and to invite me to your girls dinner because I'm so grateful that I get to have a seat at, the, at your table. 
honestly, like truly. Yeah. Always, always. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for having <laughs> me. And then we need to get the cake together. Next, next um, uh, thing on the agenda is play date. Oh yeah, we'll do it. We'll set it up. This podcast was brought to you by Sana Skin Studio. Be sure to use my code, the no glow for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. More than a skin studio, Sana is a movement towards healthier skin and self-love. Thank you so much for listening to The No. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The No. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The No with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Mm-hmm.